0: Hello my magical friends, my name is Ayumi, my pronouns are she, her, hers, and you're listening to Sparkle Side Chats with Magical Girl Ayu. Whether it's your first or 150th time listening, we welcome you to our space to celebrate magical girls from every corner of the world. It's creator week and the last episode of the season, so let's move on to today's topic. So, once again, we have a very exciting creator episode with a returning creator to talk about the next step of their magical girl story. Quite a while back, we had Kagura on to talk about their story, Star Rangers, which is a really delightful webtoon that you can read right now, um, currently on the hiatus, about a whole bunch of magical girls and boys and non binary folks. Um, who work all around the world, but we focus primarily on the ones in Japan, um, focusing on Eddie in particular, who is a delightful little girl that I love very much. But what we're talking about today is not really about that story as much. Like, we do get into it a bit, but the main thing we're here to talk about is actually their side story for this, which is Star Rangers Bakemonophiles. So at the moment, you can get this by purchasing the story. The first chapter is out now, with more to come. And, well, the main character is actually a yokai, um, a tanuki yokai to be specific. And we have a very interesting kind of variation on the side story where the kind of characters that you might assume to be villains are just regular everyday people. And I think it's really cute. It's really interesting. It definitely is a bit more uh, mature than the mainline series in that the characters are all adults and thus more adult topics are covered. So you can keep that in mind. I think it's still safe for young folks to read, but um, maybe you should at least be a teenager. That being said, still nothing like explicit or whatever. It's still, yeah, just it's above board, but the, the topics and stuff are just a little bit more mature than what you might expect from the main webtoon. So with that, I think that's everything I have to, well, there's not really anything to warn about per se, but that's just a thing about it. So with that, let's go into today's chat with Kagura about Star Rangers Bakemono Files. Okay, great. <laughs> so we are here to come back to Star Rangers. I'm very excited to have the creator back. Can you please introduce yourself?
1: Uh hello, my name's Kagura and I'm the creator of Star Rangers.
0: Yeah. And what are your pronouns? Uh they're they them. Great. So yes, you were on quite a while back for episode 44 when uh, we were just talking about your original story, which is excellent and still ongoing, but now you're back because you have a new spin-off story getting started that people can mm-hmm. at least, uh, as of uh, now, buy the first chapter of, and, you know, excited to to see what happens next. But before we get into your story, what have you been enjoying in the genre since your last time on the podcast?
1: Um, I'm constantly busy so i haven't had a lot of time i guess to check out a lot of things sure but when i have had time i have liked that there are some more unique stories out there now kind of like uh i guess it's not really magical girl but it's tokusatsu and it's the hero-san mm-hmm. and former general Son. oh okay it's kind of like Common Rider-ish I guess where it's like one main character transforms with like a belt type device and um I have like you re- you actually showed it off once it was I think it's called um Magi Lumiere or something like that yes 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 I I love it so far from what I've read great so yeah I guess I I would just say that it's kind of like I just like a lot of the more unique stories that have been coming out
0: lately rather than the same old stuff. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Do you think that like, generally, tokusatsu is a kind of bigger influence on your story? I think a little bit
1: like, <laughs> I haven't watched much Kamen Rider or Sentai or even like a lot of kaiju stuff. But I have liked some stuff outside of that. Like I was really obsessed with a show called or not a show it was a movie called zebra man and oh, it was okay. kind of it was that and gotcha that kind of like got me a little more into that type of genre mm-hmm. i have always like magical girls but as i've said before on the previous podcast that it was kind of hard to get into for some time after a while because it was kind of like very straight oriented
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's valid yeah
1: so, so, so it was kind of hard and then like I know you could say well those are male stories how can you relate but it was kind of more like well I could turn it off with that at least
0: mhm mhm yeah that makes sense like it's um it's definitely a different thing where it's like Um, I I think that's another thing that, like, these days we're getting a lot more, um, at the very least, like, more subtext, if not actual text in Mm -hmm. a lot of stories. So that's really great, especially in the the indie space. So it definitely makes sense, like, especially considering, you know, our age and stuff, like, there's just a lot, a, a lot of the romance is, like, very hetero which is like you know it can be fine sometimes but when it's all there is it it does get a little tiring i can understand that
1: (laughs) yes yes like yeah i remember i did love sailor moon a lot and i still do but like with a lot of other ones it was kind of hard to get into them because it was such a main thing of a lot of the shows Mm -hmm. so it was kind of like i don't care about this like subplot at
0: all Yeah, yeah. There's definitely like a need for balance a lot of the time. And I think that um, it works out a lot. And I think that that's kind of clear in your own uh, stories, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I,
1: I try my best to make it romance. But then sometimes I'm like, Ugh, is it boring? Like, is this too little? Is this too much?
0: It, it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to balance out that kind of thing. well I definitely enjoy it uh, from my reading of it so I think you have at least one fan and I think that a lot of people do appreciate your story for the representation that it has
1: (laughs) I have had a lot of people actually tell me that they're like it's so nice to see a a media in general that's like almost all like (laughs) LGBT characters because you Mm -hmm. don't really see it I guess yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, I didn't really think that much about it because at the time when I was making it, I did kind of have a, well, like, 10 years ago, I had, like, a co-writer with it. And, you know, at the time, we we thought, like, yeah, this is just, like, a little fun thing. Everyone's gay. Like, we
2: didn't really, <laughs>
1: we didn't really think about, like, I mean, I guess we thought, like, well, you know, we don't have this kind of stuff, so we want it. But at the same right. time, it was just kind of a fun project, so... We just thought everyone's gay. There's no reason to actually like think about it that hard. Like, oh, this person should be straight because this makes sense or whatever. It was just like they're gay because I said so.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think that we see that a lot with a, a lot of creators, right? Like, and we talk about a lot, like, and you know, it's obviously a question we'll get to at the end of the episode, but you know, we ask yeah. like, oh, what what do we hope to see in the future of the genre? And that like comes up a lot is like, well, we need to expand the genre to include more people. And that's usually like the first thing where, you know, it's there's a, a lot of stories that have like, you know, subtext, etc. but um, it's really, really rare to see like, oh, this is actually a story about like girls who like each other or boys who like each other or non-binary characters, etc. And it's um yeah, it's, it's nice to see it's very refreshing <laughs> um, oh well, yeah i'm glad i could do that at least then <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and um since you mentioned uh magic lumiere uh, do you prefer to generally like read um stories or uh would you also like be open to like watching them etc
1: i would be open to watching them but i feel like it's a lot easier for me to sit down and read something i don't mm-hmm. know why <laughs> it is I different just, so it, it's it's like if i watch a show i have to like really 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 like it to be able to watch it all at one time or mm-hmm. sometimes i'll watch like a couple of episodes of something and then wait like weeks for it uh, but with reading like I could actually just binge it all at one time. It's so much easier. Like mm-hmm. I did that with Chainsaw Man. And I just, <laughs> I read the whole thing in like a day and a half. Wow. So so it's a lot easier to read, I think. And I haven't kept up with that one yet recently, but oh God, it's so cute from what I've read.
0: Yeah, yeah. Magic Lumiere is, is so much fun. Um, it's
1: very delightful.
0: <laughs> I really
1: love their uniforms and everything. They're so cute
0: yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah so um getting to your story just um for for anyone who has not gotten to read your original comic yet what basically is it about
1: uh so the original one is about a girl named ari she's basically like the most plain normal person on the planet and (laughs) she, (laughs) she ends up getting powers just from a misunderstanding thinking her friends being attacked by someone And through that, just that one situation, she ends up gaining powers. And after that, she just does not know what to do with them because she's just so normal that she's just like, wow, what do I even do with this? And along the way, she just meets other people like her and has to fight monsters and the usual. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, so it's it's very cute. You have like a whole system in this story where there's like a a whole like academy, basically, or people... Have to kind of sign up to become uh, magical folks, right?
2: <laughs> uh, to become cadets,
0: yeah. Uh, so it's it is you know very systematic in that way, which is helpful for her to like study, etc. And um, right. you know, like join teams and stuff. Like the whole system is it's like a global thing, so it's very um, it's very interesting. You have a very expansive world and. Um, as you have gone through the story, of course, we meet a, a lot of characters and they're all quite lovely. And by like the most recent kind of arc, I want to say, we're looking at kind of learning more about the other side of things, like the the monsters that they're fighting and stuff, mm-hmm. which has been really interesting because it's, it's a fun part of a story where we get to, uh, to question <laughs> what the system is and everything. Right,
1: right. Yeah. Oh, that's actually like the part I'm so excited to get to
2: Mm -hmm. because
1: you know usually in a lot of magical girl stories it's just it's not bad that it's just upfront that it's like they're good guys they fight bad guys because bad guys are bad
2: Mm -hmm. like
1: it that's not bad at all but like sometimes i think it would be really nice to see villains that do have more to them like what their lives are like outside of it or is it not what we think it is in the whole story itself. Like,
2: mm.
1: are the good guys actually doing what's right? And is it wrong what they're doing actually? Because at the end of the day, some of the villains in Star Ranges are kind of more human, like they are. Yeah. So the fact that, you know, sometimes they have the, I guess like, you know how they have to catch the yokai to... Stop them from attacking, like during like the whole, you know, like the monster of the week type thing, right? Um, but with others, they can't always do that, and you know, they're just airy. She's just kind of like, well, how do we even, you know, deal with that? Because you can't just, you know, kill someone.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so you know,
1: to her, she's just like, oh, what? Like that's really weird. Mm-hmm. But why is everyone acting like it's not weird? So, I thought it'd be kind of, you know, cool and unique for that story to, or arc, I guess, to show where it's like, whose side should you actually be on, I guess? Mm-hmm. Or yeah. that it's not, it's not so like, black and white, I guess. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So you have mentioned this, uh, I guess, on the, the original <laughs> episode that we did. But I guess mm-hmm. just kind of, uh, if you want to talk about it a little bit uh, more briefly, um, how did this story get started? Like you mentioned, like working with someone else originally. But um, but yeah, like if you want to, you want to summarize it. Like you could, you could be a little quick about it. But you know, uh, just for anyone uh, who might not have listened to the original episode. Um, oh yeah. So basically, I knew a
1: couple of people. They were pushing me to make comics because they were like, oh, your art is really good. So I decided to do it. But, you know, just differences and I guess working together, we just fell apart. But I did keep trying, you know, through the Kickstarter. Uh, it was a lot of work with the Kickstarter. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but after that, you know, I fell out with the other people. It was just the whole thing. But, you know, luckily I did have a couple of friends that would want to help me, and they did start to help me with the webtoon, which, it's like on a small hiatus right now, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's basically the process. It was just people convincing me to do it, it got a Kickstarter, and then fell out with those people, then kind of got new people to help me, and now it's just me not not because the other people and me don't get along. They just have their own thing going on. But um, now it's just me working on the webtoon.
0: Yeah. So, you know, you've been you've been chugging along for, for quite a while. And then, yeah, you did take a... You, you took a break starting, I guess, at the end of the year. So, mm-hmm. um, I guess, what has been going on uh, behind the scenes in the meantime? Well, so, with the whole...
1: I only took the small hiatus because of the spinoff, I guess. Also, there was, like... I guess I was having, like, mental health issues. But other than that, I was trying to make a a whole new comic, actually. It had nothing to do with Star Rangers. Mm -hmm. And I asked, like... My friend offered, like, hey, I can help you with something if you want. So I was like, okay, cool. And that was, like, last summer. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But then... He was just so busy. I was busy. It was already November. And I'm just like, yeah, I wanted this comic to be done by March specifically for a comic event that I was going to do. And I was like, there's absolutely no way we could come up with a whole new idea like by Hmm. even before March. So within a whole week, I just designed all the characters for the spinoff i wrote a three chapter draft i literally mm-hmm. thought of everything possible in a whole week and then all december and some of january was just the whole comic process mm-hmm. so yeah okay. i basically finished the whole i guess issue one in about a month in a couple of weeks mm. and as of wow. that um I have mostly been just working on random artwork and I'm trying to think of other stuff to do. Well, with Star Rangers, I guess. And I'm still trying to write what's next in Star Rangers, I guess. Like,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: everyone thinks that I have everything actually fleshed out and written, but that's not the case. (laughs) Like, um, I kind of write as I go. Like, I know what I want, but, I don't have, like, every single draft written for every single chapter or episode, so mm-hmm. I typically just write a bunch of drafts and then come back later and I'm like, okay, I'm going to fix this up and fix if I want this in it or not, and usually I just do that, so that's what I've been trying to do lately to, i I've pretty much up to maybe... What would be episode 70 something, I guess, as far as drafts go for the webtoon? And I'm still writing more, but I've been doing that and then kind of trying to figure out stuff I want to do with the spinoff as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So awesome.
0: Yeah, it's been a lot of uh, going on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You always seem very busy. And it does feel like there's still a lot more to go with the story. So it totally makes sense. But yeah, I guess I'm very curious about where the idea for this spin off came along. And like, I guess why you decided to kind of shift things because it is it's in the same universe, mm-hmm. right? We still have the same types of characters, but it's definitely already a very different story. Yeah, I guess
1: what kind of got me doing it was because... I, I actually was just very impatient with trying to write to get to the villains in the main series that I thought, mm. oh, it would be really cool to have at least, I guess, like a spinoff, obviously, of, you know, yeah. just a character that's not part of the actual magical girl groups. Like, mm. that would be considered a villain. But, you know, the main character technically isn't part of the main villain organization she's just she's just what would be considered an antagonist to like the main characters and i thought it'd be kind of cool to just show outside of that like someone that's not really involved with any of it that's usually going on because you know in the main series it's like stellar black they're the whole thing then there's the cadets but you don't really see anything outside of that so, mm-hmm. I thought it would be kind of, you know, interesting to show someone who, would, like, actually wants nothing to do with either group. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, I, I know I did it all in a week, but trying to think of what kind of yokai to base her off of was a lot. I even did a poll because I was just like, could she be a cat girl? Could she be a fox girl? <laughs> Is she a tanuki? What could she be? Very important
0: questions, yes. It's yeah.
1: I was just like, it could be any of these things, but I just don't know what to pick. So I did a whole poll. Uh, Tanuki's wand. So, which I was kind of surprised about, because mm-hmm. usually fox girls are far more popular. <laughs> so it was kind of funny to see like people actually were like, "Oh my god, I want to see a Tanuki instead." Hmm.
0: Yeah I think maybe it's because it's so different like we don't see especially like media outside of Japan I would say we don't see as much with like tanuki representation I guess. It feels weird to just phrase it that way but you know. <laughs> <laughs> no like, it's actually true you really don't see it that much. Yeah yeah especially even when people are kind of interacting with like their ideas of of what japanese pop culture is like then we do see a lot of like yeah fox girls and cat girls i feel like cat Mm -hmm. girls are like the most popular and that's because like everyone knows and likes cats
2: Uh, foxes are cute
0: too i totally get why they're popular but yeah i think you know tanuki is very it's very different and i think it's really cool because it's like very um you know it's it's again a little refreshing (laughs) yeah yeah
1: it was fun to actually try to think of a Tanuki girl because I was like, okay, it's very weird to say, but when you see a Tanuki, you don't really think like, oh, that's a sexy character. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh-huh. so it was kind of like, okay, usually when people design like fox girls or cat girls, they're like either really cute or sexy or something.
2: So, I mean, I'm not
1: saying that, you know, the character is not, is like, unattractive, but I was like, okay, this is gonna be a whole different vibe from the usual, like, sexy, cute character, I guess. Mm-hmm. Especially cause she's supposed to be very gloomy and apathetic about everything.
2: Yeah. So I was, <laughs> I, was
1: I was very glad that everyone picked the Tanuki cause I don't know if I could have made a
0: fox girl that is, like, so depressed. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. And I think another thing that's really interesting about this story is um, that all the characters that we have so far are adults. Mm-hmm. So it does feel like it has a very different vibe just from that my starting point.
1: Yeah, that was what I was actually going for. At first I thought it would be kind of you know interesting to do a teenager because you know, a lot of the cadets are usually... I mean, I know there's adults, but uh most of the main cast are kids or teenagers. Hmm. So I thought it would be kind of interesting, maybe, if it was a, I don't know, like a Tanuki girl that gets involved with a group of cadets. But then I thought, well, that's already too similar to the original series. I think it would be kind of interesting to do an adult aspect because you don't really see, I mean, you know, you see the adults in the OG series, but like. In this one, I thought it would be far more interesting if all the characters were adults. And that way it doesn't have to be too, uh, I don't know the word, maybe censored? Like, mm-hmm. you can go more all out with adults, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Because you're like not putting children in danger. <laughs> right, right. You're not putting children in danger or it wouldn't be weird to, to like go further into like more serious romance aspects, I guess.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because, I mean, I don't want to make people uncomfortable by doing it with kids or anything like that. So, sure. So I think it would be, it was a lot more interesting and I think it would be just a lot more easier to do more serious romance and, you know, like, not be as, mm, I guess, like, worried about what I'm putting out. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, with adults, you you really don't have to hold back a whole lot.
0: Yeah. I think it's interesting because, like, with, like, magical girls in general, we see this a lot. And I want to say, like, especially recently, but it's not just recently, where, like, you have, you know, all the characters are still girls. And then they're getting put into, like, situations that are more extreme, more mature and, like. I could understand wanting to like thematically go through that stuff, but it just always feels kind of weird when you're still focused on kids and doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Hmm.
1: I think the original series will have stuff like that, but mostly because it's a whole thing with Co, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna, I'm not saying that it's like you know torture porn or anything like that, because right, it's even that stuff makes me uncomfortable but like i guess i just wouldn't put it's gonna be serious situations in the original series i guess where like you know i guess this is kind of where my inspiration i know that was one of the other questions but Mm -hmm. you can go ahead yeah with that (laughs) like some of the inspirations i got while not making it but rewriting it i guess because i rewrote the whole webtoon from you know the kickstarter version and Mm -hmm. in that time i was thinking like well i feel like i don't have to be as like childish i guess because it was a whole thing with you know the editor before so Mm. um with this one i felt like i could do what i wanted with it so i've added more serious scenes just because i was a little more inspired by like I've had people tell me that it kind of reminds them a little bit of shonen anime, a little. Hmm. Just because, like, the, I guess the whole fight scenes feel more shonen to them. I don't really know. Like, I wasn't technically trying to go for that, but mm-hmm. I guess maybe from reading, like, Chainsaw Man, Demon Slayer, and, like, I guess more action, like, full-on, like, you know, like, punching each other stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I guess I maybe accidentally just translated that over into Star Rangers without realizing it.
2: Mm -hmm. So,
1: especially, uh, from Demon Slayer, like, I know that's not magical girl at all, but it's like, I would say it's one of the things that did help me write it better, I guess, because
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I wouldn't say that they're the same story, but Because I did make Star Rangers far longer before I even knew what Demon Slayer was. Right. But, you know, like, (laughs) when I was reading it, I was kind of like, oh god, these plots are sort of similar. Like, it's main characters fighting Oni, and, like, it's almost the same thing. (laughs) Like... I know they're two different things, but, you know, as a creator, sometimes you see someone do something similar and you can't help but think like, oh, this is kind of the same thing. Mm -hmm. But I think reading Demon Slayer did kind of help me a little bit with like the serious scenes to where it's like, it's not just being, you know, like brutal to the character just because it's like something for people to get off to. Mm -hmm. But, you know, something that's like, oh, this is actually meaningful and important to the character. So that's kind of what I've been trying with, like, Star Rangers is when it's actually like a serious, mature scene or something that, you know, something a kid wouldn't go through. That it's at least something important to their character rather than it just be like, oh, people will enjoy seeing her, like, be
0: sad. (laughs) Right. Right. So yeah,
1: sorry I just went off on like some tangents.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. I think it's it totally it. It makes sense. It's part of the story, part of like the inspiration. Not not every not every magical girl story is only inspired by magical girls. I mean, I can see why people might say that about the action, but at the same time, it's like I don't think those people have like watched Pretty Cure or something like that because like there are girls uh, magical girl stories with like pretty significant fighting and, and violence and so on so mm-hmm. a, a lot that are like way more extreme, <laughs>
2: <Right>. <laughs> more extreme than Star Wars yeah. but
0: yeah I think that um, I could see like if that's what they're used to consuming like feeling that inspiration and like enjoying that aspect
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, at the same time yeah I don't think it's uh, yeah for me it, it doesn't feel out of place or like unusual or anything like that Oh, well, that's a relief
1: because <laughs> it kind of feels like a lot of my fan base doesn't actually, they're not actually Magical Girl fans.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, I know that there are some that do like Magical Girls that read it, but overall, the people I've met, they don't feel like they're usually Magical Girl fans, which mm-hmm. kind of surprises me because it's actually really weird. A lot of the fan base are actually guys. Interesting. Right. Like, I know there's some girls and probably non-binary people and all that. Or, you know, like gender fluid. Just, I'm pretty sure anyone can read it. But most of the people I've interacted with that have read it are usually guys. Which surprises me a lot.
0: Hmm. It's interesting. I mean, I think I could understand that to a certain extent because, like, a lot of a lot of the, like, queer stories that are made in Japan are made with a male audience in mind, like if they're about women. So mm. eh, it's it's not unsurprising. It's like there is, a, there is an audience for that, though it is like, you know, I, I hope that more people <laughs> read it, not just men. men. <laughs> Obviously, I'm reading it, but like in general, I'm always like, I definitely see all the time, like especially young people are like, seeking out any story really, but like people want more stories with representation in them. And it's like, your story is jam-packed full of that so yeah it's yeah. it's really shocking because like
1: like i said like i mean as far as i can tell i mean i've i don't personally know them so i don't know if they're you know lgbt themselves or anything
2: mm-hmm. but
1: usually it's like <laughs> at conventions when i've sold it it's usually like dude bro type guys that come up and are like yeah i read your comic i really like it and it's <laughs> so strange because it's like i'm not saying that they can't read it but you know mm-hmm. it's it's like all lgbt characters it's all girls well like 99 girls so when like these dude bro type guys come up and are like yeah i really like your comic like i read the webtoon it's it's so strange like i'm not i'm thankful and i'm glad yeah. they like it it's just so
0: like unexpected right right because they they weren't the intended audience right,
1: right. so <laughs> so like you know usually i i would think like maybe a girl or someone would come up and be like oh i read your comic but that never happens it's so funny i'm just like i'm thankful you read it but i just don't know how to react to it <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's, it's it's fair to wonder like what they're getting out of it because you never know like where people are coming from. But, you know, I think mm-hmm. that that's also good that the audience is is larger than maybe initially intended or expected because, I mean, that's true for really any Magical Girl series. Like there are a lot of male Magical Girl fans and I know there are a lot of uh, male listeners of this podcast. So I know that mm-hmm. like they're, you know, they're out here, um people that have been consuming this media and... You know, I think it's also because, you know, your art style which is, you know, fantastic, definitely has a very nostalgic feeling to it. Like like it's not necessarily what a lot of comics and art look like published these days like professionally and stuff. It's it feels yeah. A little bit more like classic, like 90s, 2000s and stuff, which yeah. is great because I like that. My art style is very much that too, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your, yours is like that. It, I get told that a lot
1: too, though, that they're like, it feels very retro.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I guess even though like people say my art style is cute, I guess maybe it's still not like cute enough to make men feel awkward about reading it, maybe. Right. Whereas, you know, like, some guy might see, like, another magical girl thing and think, oh, that's too cute. And, like, maybe get embarrassed about it or something. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because I have have met guys that, like, they want to like that stuff, but, you know, they're just like, oh, well, I'm a guy. It might be weird or something. Mm
0: -hmm. If it's, like,
1: too traditionally cute.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I guess that's also definitely a factor, and I think that does unfortunately keep some people away from the the joy of magical girls <laughs> or mm-hmm. girls media in general. Really, is that that worry about it being like too cute or whatever? I don't know. It's it's something I cannot grasp, but it, it is definitely a thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It's it's like it's just an art style. Just get over it.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, getting back to the the off story, uh, Bakamono Files. So. I guess just if you want to kind of summarize a little bit, at least like getting into kind of the the first uh, chapter a little bit or or kind of what what the starting point is, uh, I'd like to talk about that a bit more.
1: Uh, Yeah, so basically the story revolves around, like I said, a Tanuki girl and her name's Miyako. And as again, as I said, typically in the original series, she would be considered kind of what would be the antagonist. But, you know, she's just kind of like indifferent with them and magical girls. Mm-hmm. So, um, mostly it's mostly the first chapter is like, you know, about her just trying to exist. Right. <laughs> just being like, ugh, every day's the same, you know, like, but she would rather have, you know, the same thing every day than like having to fight and possibly get hurt. You know, and mm-hmm. eventually she does end up accidentally coming across another a cadet who, you know, ends up getting a crush on her.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and even though they're supposed to be enemies, she's just kind of like, in the next chapters, she'll hopefully warm up to her. But for mm-hmm. now, even though she's just, she's just very like, oh god. I don't want anything to do with this person because, you know, they're the reason why I don't want anything to do with anything. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: And you do meet, you know, other characters that are like her, like Reiko, the Nekomata, Akari, the Bakeneko, and the owner of the restaurant she works at, Ta. So this one, yeah, it's mostly focusing around what would be the yokai and the villains, I guess.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You at least meet all those characters in the first chapter.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, it's definitely a very interesting cast so far. Very curious. And I think what's really interesting is like the feeling is very different. It definitely feels more like we're looking at a kind of more slice of life type of story, maybe. Um, But with like a little bit of extra thrown in because of this new cadet that has showed up in Miyako's life and she's like, Oh no, what's I I don't really want to do with this right now, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kinda like
1: that. I do want to do more than the three chapters, but so far, yeah, it is mostly slice of life and her just being like, Oh god, I'm I literally have gone my whole life without having to deal with cadets and now I have one that's,
0: like, in love with me and following me around everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But, you know, very exciting, very very cute. I'm very curious as to, like, what we should expect moving forward with the story. Do you want to keep it to three chapters for now and then, like, maybe come back to it at a later time? Yeah, I'm probably going to try that. I'm hoping to maybe...
1: Release the second issue maybe a little after the summer, then the third issue maybe the beginning of next year, depending on, you know, if things go right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but just to see how well it's received, I guess if it gets, you know, a lot of attention after the third issue or people do want more, I probably will work on more. And it most likely will be more slice of life with, like, a little bit of action just because Yoko's there and just <laughs> has to constantly be around
0: Miyako and pull her into everything. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I think it definitely f- it feels very different um, so far. And I kind of like that it is different, again, like, not necessarily, like, adult targeted exactly but definitely um having a different feel because the characters are all adults and so we're dealing mm-hmm. with like more grown-up situations i mean i as as an adult definitely um definitely feel like i relate <laughs> to right. the situation even though i am I'm, I'm not a tanuki or anything like that but you know <laughs> uh i am you know in my 30s so it's like oh yeah this is just you know she's an adult trying to trying to live her life um and yeah, and I think it's interesting because it also kind of reflects um, some of the stuff that has been going on in the, the main series where like characters are kind of talking about how, you know, these these kinds of, um, you know, yokai, are cetera, are they're, they're just also kind of like regular people that a lot of them just want to live their lives. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're not necessarily all evil or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. So it's pretty, pretty cool. Very exciting. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, you'll. That's kind of what this one is, too. I mean, in the main series, you will definitely get a lot more of, like, you know, like I said, Eddie being like, oh, are we doing the right thing by fighting these yokai? Because some of them are really just like us.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I wanted to show, like, you know, how some of them don't have a choice but to fight cadets, because life circumstances and all that right um and in this one I want to show the ones that are you know they're just kind of like I could join the other bad guys but I don't really want to because I don't even like them <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah like, like Miyako and them are just kind of like literally the main yokai in this one are just kind of like I don't want anything to do with them. I don't even like them, but I also mm-hmm. don't like cadets either.
0: <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. Uh, she's definitely a really fun kind of main character because, again, very relatable.
1: <laughs> yeah. She's yeah. So, she feels
0: very apathetic about a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So is this story like, I mean, it is obviously a spinoff in terms of the world building and stuff, but would you say that it's meant to take place at the same time as the uh, main story? Yes, it is, actually.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I was planning, when writing it, trying to intertwine them a little. But it was kind of hard, to because the webtoon version hasn't caught up to what I wanted to put in this one. Mm-hmm. So I had to rewrite the third chapter so it kind of was just its own thing. But... I do eventually kind of want to intertwine them a little. Not where, like, you have to read both of them to, like, understand what's going on. But, you know, like, if you've read both of them, you could be like, hey, that's so-and-so or something like that. Mm-hmm. But they would be going on around the same time,
0: too. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. It's super cute and um, definitely very, very curious as uh, to see. Even if we don't actually get, like, full cameos or whatever um anything like that like it is it's still cool to have like this little extra story because again the original story has so much worlds building but we are still focused on this one area and like this one school and and this one girl and her um like her friends and family and so on so it is kind of cool to see to see that aspect do you think that you would want to make other like spinoff stories in this universe or do you think you want to like try i guess next time that you have inspiration to make something something else do you want to try to make like another completely separate story down the line
1: i would be interested in doing one with new characters like again down the line once i probably finish with this Pokemon files one Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: i think it would be interesting to maybe do like spin-offs of even the main characters in the original series like Mm. like you know things what things were like before you know now or mm. i would i have been so interested in doing a whole comic on on Michael's backstory too mm. but i don't think we're at the right time to show it yet i mean i know there was a whole webtoon episode that i did where like you know you saw why everything is the way it is now right but you know, there's more to it than just what was shown there.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: I think it would be kind of interesting, maybe along, down along the line, to eventually do maybe a mini comic of her backstory. Because surprisingly, a lot of people like her, and I didn't expect that.
0: <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Why? Why didn't you expect that?
1: <laughs> well, you know, like she kind of, even though she's, you know, the prota- like not a protagonist, but you know, like what would be considered, like, one of the good guys, she's still slightly antagonistic in her own way. hmm And, you know, she had that vibe where, like, she seemed normal at first, but then once you get to, like, oh, she's kind of the reason why things are the way they are now.
2: hmm
1: I expected people to be kind of maybe like, oh, no, like, so it's her fault. But actually, everyone just kind of, like, wolvified <laughs> her. <laughs> 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 I didn't expect that at all. People were just like,
0: Oh, poor Raiko, oh <laughs> And
1: I was just mm-hmm. like, Oh my god, everyone vulvifies her, but everyone hates Kuroko
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's hmm. so funny. So I guess when you're think talking about like audience reaction, is that mostly based on like the webtoons comments and stuff like that? Uh, some of that, and I guess, like, people who DM me after, like,
1: reading the episodes or, mm-hmm. like, sometimes people who've, uh, it doesn't happen that much. It's happened only a couple of times, like, when I'm doing conventions, someone might come up and, like, talk about that they read some of it and some of their reactions to it. But mm-hmm. yeah, overall, it's been mostly the webtoons, comments that I go off of and the DMs I get. And usually everyone really likes Raikou, but they just don't like Kuroko. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, interesting. It's so funny because, like, I expected people to not like Kuroko, but I just didn't expect anyone to actually like Raikou after everything happened.
0: Hmm yeah I think I guess I haven't really felt very strongly about the characters one way or another like you know there's um characters that like do bad things there's clearly a lot of um uh i guess ambiguity with a lot of the the kind of cadets and all the people around the cadets
1: mm-hmm.
0: where it's it's not always clear if what they do is right or not and I, I like that a lot because that's like true to life right it's pretty interesting to see i guess what what people think because like when I I guess maybe it's just because like when I consume a magical girl story, I'm just like along for the ride I guess where <laughs> it's just like yeah this is gonna lead to something and I'm kind of interested to see what happens and I don't necessarily usually like dislike a character so strongly or it's like usually if a character is meant to be disliked it's like oh this is for a reason or like you know we need a character like this or whatever so yeah yeah
2: <laughs>
1: yeah that's that's a pretty good way of putting it. Obviously, Kuruko is going to get her own redemption and stuff like that.
2: Hmm. And
1: it is like you said, I do like to leave everything, you know, not so black and white. Like, hmm. there's a lot of gray areas in what's going on. Right. Because, cause you know, like, even half the characters, even though they don't know what they're doing is right, they're just doing it because it's kind of like it's supposed to be their job. So they don't really question it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I guess that's kind of why Aries the one character that's like, oh, but are we doing the right thing? And everyone's just like, uh, don't question it. We've been doing it longer than you have.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it makes sense because that's like, that's kind of how a lot of things are in life again. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's very normal for the young people to to question everything and for the grown-ups to not (laughs) as much. Exactly, because they were just
1: taught that's normal and Mm -hmm. they don't question it themselves either, even though they might not like what they're doing. They're still going to do it because it's just always been that way. Mm -hmm. So even some of the young characters too, like Junko and them, where they're like, well, we just have to fight them that's what we have to do we can't capture them so we have to find a way to like get rid of them because that's just how it's supposed to be so that's why you know eddie's just kind of like uh what about no though (laughs) 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 like what if i don't really want to but you know eventually Mm. she is faced with things where she does have to do things she doesn't want to and Hmm. But because of that, it kind of helps her and everyone else see, like, yeah, this isn't what we're supposed to maybe be doing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and I guess that's also what I'm trying to do even in the spinoff, too, with, like, you know, Yoko, where she's a cadet, but she's, like, obsessively in love with Miyako now, who's who should be her enemy. You know, typically that's, like, what would be, like, taboo or forbidden like you can't just get with your enemy so i guess with her she has to also learn like oh well, well am i doing the right thing like you know if she continues fighting how can she be with someone who is technically
0: the people she's fighting if that makes sense yeah definitely definitely a kind of like classic dilemma <laughs> right yeah <laughs> yeah awesome so since the since the spin-off is more about adults and therefore can kind of cover more adult situations do you think that the uh the kind of like target demographic has changed in any way where like maybe some people should read the main story but maybe not the uh the spin-off I think so yeah mm-hmm. like I think anyone could read the spin-off
1: but <laughs> The one thing I have noticed is even though even some adults are kind of turned off to the character of Reiko, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, they say she's a little too weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay, interesting. <laughs> and yeah, like they say she's a little too creepy, but you know, I put her to be weird and unhinged because it's more so an adult story. Where you right. can get, you know, like I said, you can get away with that kind of stuff with adults.
0: Yeah, yeah. She's like- definitely got like a little bit more of a, not like a sexy thing going on, but like, yeah, her she's she's got adult ideas. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> That's the perfect way to put it, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: It's not off-limits to, you know, like, if a, like an older teenager wants to read it, because it's not like it's, like, you know, there's no sex or anything that goes on. Right. So, you know, it's not like teenagers can't read it, but, you know, if you're not really into weird characters like her, I guess it would be probably a turn-off and- maybe you'd just rather stick with the original series (laughs)
0: sure (laughs) yeah I just I remember thinking it was an interesting choice and that I think that her character is kind of the way that it's like it's signaled that this story is different because it is about adults (laughs) Um, and it's like fine because it's like that's normal (laughs) there are some weird people out there I don't know um yeah,
1: <laughs> but she is very fun to write, though, because I don't get to write stuff like that that much. So right. it, it felt really indulging to mm-hmm. write someone that was just like so
0: unhinged. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's but that's interesting that like people found that off-putting. I mean, I could understand that if they're used to the the kind of like style and the levels of the original story. It is it is different, so
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's why yeah. this one I would say, yeah, it is more adult in the sense that the characters are just more adult. Yeah. <laughs> rather rather than it being like, you know, sexual situations or anything, it's just they're just literally more adult.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Great. Um, so I guess in that case, I think we're are just about ready to wrap up here. So I want to turn the question we talked about earlier back to you, Kagura. So what do you hope to see in the future of the magical girl genre? Hmm.
1: I know that a lot of people and just like me would want more representation of like different characters. Like, you know, um I guess in Japan for Japan's case it would be cool to see more, you know, like actual LGBT type stuff
2: mm-hmm.
1: in Magical Girl. And then in the West, I think it would be cool if there was more, I guess, racial representation too, along with LGBT.
2: Mm-hmm. More
1: Magical Girl stuff. Because, And I know a lot of people say, like, well, we already have a lot of Japanese Magical Girls. We don't need Asian representation in the West for that. But, I mean, to me, I think it would still be kind of nice to get Asian representation in
0: Western magical girl stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. It is different. (laughs) Yeah, it
1: is very different. But people think because anime is such a huge thing now, Mm -hmm. that's like that Asian people have their own representation. And even then, that's just. Japanese characters that's not every yeah. Asian person so <laughs> like, Asian you know? is a
0: huge uh, right. talking about yeah for sure it's, it's frustrating <laughs> yeah
1: so I mean if we could get more East Asians, Southeast Asians just anything really I think that would be really cool because mm-hmm. like I said Japan yeah it's popular anime like anime is popular now but that's literally not every Asian person
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure it's a weird problem that like people feel that way but it's uh yeah and and then again it's just like there is a difference between representation of like Japanese people in Japan and like even just sticking to Japanese characters in particular like a Japanese character in a western show is going to be a very different situation in general
1: yeah um, exactly
0: yeah but of course yeah any, any expansion of that is welcome for sure <laughs> yeah I
1: also do think it would be more interesting to get more unique stories too. Like, I know it's like a lot of people don't like Kill a Kill or Panty and Stocking, and you know, like the tri- like they're not very traditional magical girl. Mm-hmm. But I think it would be really cool to get more stories like that because mm. I'm kind of glad that there are more or like it's slowly becoming a thing lately. Mm-hmm. But I think it would be you know, interesting to get to the point where it's not just like a handful of them.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think I think we're we're getting there. Um Magical Destroyers is coming out soon and it looks like it's gonna be really <laughs> wild. Yeah, um, that one looks it looks interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I know Magilumiere is definitely like very popular. So it seems like there's a chance that it will get adapted sometime in the future and I feel like like a lot of magical girl comic readers are hoping and praying for that to happen cuz it's so um yeah, it's so it's so good. I and, really hope so too. That Yeah. I love it so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um so we'll see what happens and uh, Acro Trip also looks pretty promising actually two very similar because uh uh gushing over magical girls just got announced as having an adaptation recently and like it is very similar to acro trip and that both of them are about the main character being a villain who is fighting magical girls and is obsessed mm-hmm. with them but like the very big difference is that acro trip is a girl's comic and it's like about Uh-oh. one magical girl and then gushing over magical girls is not for kids at all <laughs> i've never read it but i've heard people saying
1: how are they gonna adapt that which automatically made me think oh this is not for kids probably
0: oh yeah no you it, that's one where if you just look up the character designs you can see it's not for kids Oh, <laughs> oh no, yeah so it'll be interesting to see how that turns out um because those are like you know very similar concepts but yeah it's just uh it does feel like there's been an interesting shift in this uh, this decade, and then even with Precure getting adult spinoffs for the first time and stuff, it's like pretty. Oh, that's interesting! Have they? Yes, yes. Uh, they just announced it um in early March. Is, uh, we're gonna get some more information soon, but yeah, they announced two spinoff series uh that are like sequels to uh-huh. past seasons, um with an adult target audience. So, oh, I mean, adult like the idea is like kids who grew up with the yeah, series yeah, yeah. are now adults so it's not like whoa like weird stuff <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> a lot of people jumped to that conclusion and it was like oh my god <laughs> no this show is for kids they're not gonna do that <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> i love that when anything's just automatically adult oriented people
0: automatically just think like the worst stuff possible <laughs> right yeah which is like Sure, that has happened, but that's not everything for adults. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I mean,
1: I haven't kept up with a lot lately, but I am kind of glad that, uh, we're kind of out of the edgy magical girl thing. Hmm. I mean, like, no offense to anyone that likes that stuff, but, like, <laughs> I tried to watch that magical girl, uh, was it special ops Osaka or
0: something like that? Uh, yes, yes.
1: Like, it was alright. I think I'll say that I respect it for being original <laughs> like like i think I think, wow. this, I think i haven't even finished it yet but i think the story's like it's interesting i just think the execution so far from what i've seen is just it's it's not my cup of tea i guess hmm. yeah that's fair I, i'm just kind of glad that we're kind of moving out of that you know i i, I don't like to say it but because it's I know everyone might just make fun of me for saying this because I don't keep up with dates. I don't know dates. I'm so dumb. I don't remember anything. But like, I'm pretty sure it probably came out around Madoka, like the manga or something. But you know, I'm just kind of glad we're out of that like Madoka era type thing. I love Madoka, so this isn't like a, <laughs> a or It's just more like everything sort of after Madoka was just edgy depressing stuff I guess Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yeah yeah if people like it that's fine it's just not my thing
0: yeah I do think there has been like a I guess a a balance of both like kids shows and edgy shows or whatever like adult targeted shows I mean they're still around we don't know what's going to happen with Magical Destroyers as of this recording yet, but um, uh, that's true. Yeah, and again, Up for Magical Girls is definitely that. It's very edgy. Um, and there are other <laughs> like comics that are edgy, but like a lot of people expected uh, Magical Girls' site to get continued, and it didn't. Uh, though they did announce that there will be a continuation of uh, Raising Project um, finally, which is interesting because it took a decade <laughs> to get oh. a second, uh, second iteration uh, of the adaptation at, at least. So it's like there's still stuff out there, but it does feel like balanced because like Precure is the only constant, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's basically it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's interesting to see like how... Things are moving forward in this kind of like two separate worlds of magical girls, basically, Mm -hmm. (laughs) with very little crossover, uh, which, you know, people can enjoy both and that's fine.
2: Um, But yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I hope people can
1: enjoy both. I I just hope that, like, you know, the spinoff is not weird.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fair, fair. Uh, so with that, that's uh, everything we had to talk about. So thank you again for coming back on to Sparkle Side Chats. Yes, it was fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, where can people find your stories and how can they find you online to support your work?
1: Um, so I do have Instagram and Twitter, which you can just find me under as Art. I should like automatically pop up usually. Mm hmm. And then on Webtoons, you can just start like you can just search me under Star Rangers and it should pop up. I do have a Patreon, which it's under Kagra's art. It should be too. But I do have like a link tree in all my like social media. So it's like everything you can support me on is on there.
0: <laughs> yeah, great. And how can people get their hands on Bakemono files? Well, so far I am
1: selling it as a digital copy off of my website. Physical copies I'll probably start selling when I get, you know, when I can get more printed. But yeah, so far the digital copy de- copies are for sale on my website or shop or whatever,
0: okay. and that's under Kagura's Arts on um, Square or something like that. Hmm. Well, in any case, the links will be in the show notes so people can click on over. (laughs) Okay, yeah. 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 Okay, that helps everything. (laughs) Yes, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Great. So, yeah, uh, thank you again for coming on and I hope you have a good rest of your day. Yes, you too. Whether this was your first or last time listening, thank you so much for checking out this episode of Sparkle Side Chats with Magical Girl Ayu. We hope you check out the rest of our chats over two years of magical content and counting. And if you like what you heard, tell a friend or tell five friends or tell the whole world by talking about us online. If you use social media, don't forget to use the hashtag Sparkle Side Chats when talking about and sharing the podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at MagicalGirlIu, spelled A-Y-U, and you can find me at Ayushinos, A-Y-U-S-H-E-K-N-O-W-S. You can also email us at sparklesidechats at gmail.com. Did you know we also take recommendations for future guests and topics? Just fill out the form in the show notes. You can even suggest yourself if you're so bold. The very best free way to support the podcast is using your podcast platform to give a rating and review of our little show. This gives the big internet machines the message that they should share it with more people, and I think we all want that, don't we? You can also join the Discord server for this podcast to talk about Magical Girls 24-7, often chatting directly with me and both previous and upcoming guests of the podcast. The Forever link is in the show notes as well as on the socials, so be sure to stop by. Show notes can be found on your podcast platform of choice or at our main landing page at anchor.fm sparkleside. If you have a few bucks, you can give a one-time donation at ko-fi.com or kofi.com slash iushinos. You can also commit to a monthly membership, which grants you access to bonus episodes about Magical Girls and adjacent content such as movies, comics, and other series that Magical Girl fans tend to also love. All it takes is $5 a month, but if you want to rank up, that'll give you discounts on art commissions and monthly requests as well. Music credits, as always, are also in the show notes. Original podcast music is by Hazel. You can find her on Twitter at a few bruises. Thanks again for listening. And remember, you are magical forever and always. See you next time.